Okay, Carlos. Um, beginning of every podcast, the guest gets to dedicate it to whatever they like. So what would you like to dedicate the podcast to? Hi there. Uh, yeah, I'd like to dedicate this to you know, my friends and family, um, my mom yeah. and dad. They always believed in me, my brothers and sisters. And obviously me, my uh, fiance, my beautiful fiance, Tori, and my son, Diego. Nice. Nice. I like that. Carlos Omar DeLeon with us. And before we get started, we have a couple announcements. Uh, number one, I will be hosting a panel discussion at Crypticon this year. It'll be Saturday, October 27th. Um, Simply Panels discussion is podcasts and independent films. And um, gosh, if you even if you're not interested, we'd love to see you. So come on out and help out. It'd be nice to see everybody. Um, uh, November 11th is my book launch. My first comic book comes out November 11th. The launch party's at Alloy Brewery. So if you're interested, come on out. I hope to see you. And um, we'll be selling copies of the book as well as maybe advanced purchases for the second book coming out. And also, as everybody's been waiting for the contest uh, for Crypticon, we've been um, announcing that we're going to be giving out two free tickets for Crypticon this year. And you were participating on uh, Twitter. You simply had to use the hashtag film uh, Crypticon, hashtag for Crypticon film cast contest. Just name your favorite movie. And you were eligible in the raffle. And we do have a winner. And we'll put them up on Twitter. So if Carlos wants to announce the Twitter handle that was the winner, I would appreciate it. It was at All Night Goatman. His favorite at- horror film, uh, Halloween. All right. Halloween. <laughs> all right. And um, I'll contact him on Twitter to give us all the information. And we'll have the free tickets uh, at you at the desk. Uh, so f- hopefully he enjoys Crypticon. Have you been to Crypticon? No, no. Actually. Have you never been to Crypticon? No, I've always wanted to go, but uh, for something, something always comes up around that time. It is kind of a busy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like right near Halloween, too. Exactly. <laughs> so maybe we could get you out this year. Right? Yeah, um, I might actually be there. It's it's a still an if because of uh, my mom's visiting to you know visit my son. Yeah. Um, I might be there. I have, uh, a buddy of mine who made the movie Bone Jangles. Uh, it's oh. a horror, com- uh, horror comedy. Okay. Uh, that was made back in like 2014, 2015. I may have a cameo in it. Uh, let's just say I have a gnarly... possibility. Yeah, possibility. <laughs> yeah, I have a. <laughs> I might have a gnarly mustache in it. Um, uh, but yeah, it's a, authentic, it's a horror company. Not a makeup with a yeah, real authentic. your authentic mustache. Yes, all right. handlebar. <laughs> all right, all right. And um, in that, it's basically think of Jason if it was a horror comedy mixed with Shaun of the Dead. That's how I could describe it. Okay. And it's out right now on uh, Amazon Prime. And the uh, the director is a good friend of mine. His name is Brett DeJager. And he's going to have his own, uh, I think, booth there for a little bit. Oh, he's going to have his own booth. What is the name again? Bone, uh, Bone Jangles. Bone Jangles. It also stars, uh, was it Reggie Bannister from the Phantasm series? He really? plays the father of Bone Jangles, who tells him how to basically form him into being a big, big stalking serial killer. Oh, Phantasm. That was wonderful. Yeah, yeah. I think if you needed to get bodies, why would you run a funeral home? Exactly, right? <laughs> It'd be the easiest place to go. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, uh, uh, so we continue on with um, 
I noticed that is all of the stuff that you've done commercials and short films is all on Vimeo. Yeah, it's on my. It's at Vimeo. It's uh, at, you could just basically. T- I'm probably like, I'm not. I'm not trying to be vain here or anything, but <laughs> I just part, just type in Carlos Omar De Leon. I'm the only one that pops up. Okay, yeah, and then because you've done many years of commercials, and then yes. you, you kind of done a, a short films. Yep, and it's always a natural question. Is always, will you? Are we ever going to do a full feature film? You think or. Actually, that is, uh, I had to keep it top secret right now. But okay. yeah, um, I'm in pre pre production for a feature film right now. Right, right. now, we're in the uh, uh, rewrite stages of the film. Yeah. Um, all I can say it's just, it's uh, based in uh, Mexico. And it has to do a mix of, think of a combination of 28 Days Later meets Monsters meets Dog Soldiers. So it's just basically a, ma- a mix up of. Uh, of a creature feature. I like that you reference Dog Soldiers. I think that was one of the best horror movies. I know. That people have no idea about. It, was, it came out like 2006 or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was fascinating. Everybody, they just sent them out and think they're going to play war games. And it's, mm-hmm. it, 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 it turns into something I, oh, my gosh. I can't, I can't believe nobody's, uh, like you said, that's one of my favorite, is it Neil Marshall. He's the guy who's actually doing the Hellboy reboot right now. Oh really? And he uh, he's a really you could tell by watching this movie. And he also did the Descent. I know everybody loves if who loves horror loves this. Well, that's how I discovered the Descent, and I mm-hmm. knew that was going to be because of Dark Soldiers. Yeah. And he he's an awesome director. I mean, this guy can do action horror and everything. And yeah, Dark Soldiers was a big influence on this uh, feature film, top secret film that I'm working on. And I really like the assault at the end. You get to like the characters. It's yeah. Like you, you get to know the soldiers. They're not just generic soldiers that die. You actually right. you, you, you almost, don't want them to die. Yeah, you almost get the sense that you just dump them out and they're just disposable. No, you actually get a nice develop a story to it. Exactly. And it's nice that Dolph shows all about guys and then Descent's all about girls. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then I, I, he also has a – the director likes strong female leads too. That's – as you can tell in my short films, I really like – Strong female leads. Yes, I did notice. I was going to ask you about that. Is it just it's just natural come out, or is it kind of intentional? Um, I was mostly when I was growing up. I was I'm the youngest of four, and uh, I was always around women. My brother's old, uh, about twelve years older than me. Yeah. And my my older sister, my oldest sister is probably about nine years older than me, and my other sister is three years older than me. So those two basically raised me, and my mom right. would come after like my. My mom and dad would switch ships, and I would only see my mom mostly than my dad. So I was basically raised by women, and I get to see them, um, like, do stuff and, like, kick ass and take names because they wouldn't take any shit from anybody. (laughs) And I was like, anytime I would watch, like, a horror movie, uh, like, The Damsel in Distress, I'm like, there's no freaking way my mom or my sister would do that. The minute they see that, they'd get a shotgun or they'd get a knife and be like, hell no, you're not getting near me. (laughs) So would they actually like help you with your homework or make sure you? Oh yeah, doing everything kind of they stuff? would. Uh, I was like, I was blessed to have really strong women in my life growing up. So um, you started from Nebraska. So how did you get here from Minnesota? I'm kind of like a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> it kind of helps when you're a filmmaker, right? Just oh yeah, of, yeah. I mean, it gives you builds your character. I mean, uh, I can try to give you the Cliff Notes version of what I did. Um, I grew up in Sasu City, uh, yeah. Mexican American heritage. Um, I always loved film. I say I think one of the main movies, if, if you could believe it, growing up that I, uh, that it got me into movies because I liked it because I was like six, like five or six years old when I first started remembering it was La Bamba. Right, it came out like an eighty-five. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And then obviously, and then Top Gun, all those like 80s movies, I was very influenced because my sister worked at a video store. So I had uh-huh. access to all these movies. And obviously, some of the time, most of the time, uh, they would bring home horror movies as well. So I got to see all the Nightmares on Elm Streets, all right. the Jasons, all the, even Hellraiser. Like yeah. kids at school didn't know what the hell Hellraiser was. And I was trying to explain to them what the hell this box was that would tear your flesh off. And they were like <laughs> looking at me like I'm an alien. Right. Well, I think you and I were both were kids from the 80s. I mean, yes. we got bombarded with oh, horror yeah. movies. It was like, and I, I think I did my essay in college. I think there was an average of one per week from wow. 81 to 88. Holy crap. <laughs> got released independent small mm-hmm. you know one slasher film a week so we got bombarded with it heavily and then it kind of just kind of away you know yeah it didn't really go away it just didn't i think it just we didn't get the saturation that we deal with now yeah like i know in the 90s it dipped until scream came back i mean from like 1990 yeah from to 95 there was like there was nothing it right. was like it was just like a big void it was just mostly uh, you get like action films like Speed and stuff like that, or or Die Hards. But then actually, that people wanted to get. That's when Scream became meta, and it brought, it was cool to be hip to have like a slasher genre back. And then Monster Features finally came out with like Deep Rising, and stuff like that. And that's in that sense of going back to that influence in in, in terms of that. Um, you know, I watched a lot of movies growing up. Then I uh, I decided, hey you could do this for a living. I met my one of my best friends who's also a director actor out in LA. Uh, shout out to him, his name is Johnny Stapleton. He won a short film prize. He won 50, this is his second time winning. Okay. Uh, $50,000. He has two short films that he, he combined have made over $100,000. On just two short films. On two short films. That's and right. he won that. Uh, he was into like video production growing up. Like, you know, in your school, you do school news. He would yeah. take the equipment, make movies, and I got influenced by him. I got, I, I never knew you could do that because my closest thing to like storytelling was comic books. Because I was yeah. a really, you know, I could tell, I could, let's just say if I could read it, I, I would read novels too when I was really young. And if I could read it or I could see it, I could, I can, I can imagine it. But then once I figured out the technical aspect of it from like video standpoint of editing and then it's like, wow, you can actually turn these stories into real life. And then from there, I went to college at University of South Dakota, got out, thought I was like a badass. I was going to, I won this contest for like, I think it was called MTV's Next Filmmaker Next on Camp Yeah. Like I got in like the top 25 making this like camcorder style video. I don't know why they liked it. It was called Detours, a slash or whatever. Right. Sure. Yeah. And I was competing against kids from like USC. And I was just like shooting on digital eight. So I thought I was hot shit. Got out of school. Got <laughs> right, out of school. Yeah, you're, you're out of, everybody else out of college. I'm ready to take out the world. Yeah. And then I got laid off during the recession. And then I went to Sioux Falls, did some corporate work there. And I got, that's where I got into my like commercial work. Okay. Up in there doing like, com- uh, like corporate videos for like uh, hospitals and stuff. Then I went over to do TV shows. Then I moved to LA and yeah. did uh like those cheap, fast, direct sale commercials to like Hispanics down down in California. <laughs> Moved back, did more TV shows. Then I got into uh, TV and ad agencies. Did a bunch of TV yeah. commercials there. Did my direct sale debut at like twenty six. You know, doing budgets of like fifty thousand dollars commercials or whatever. Right. Still cheap. I mean, compared to like a Lexus commercial that probably costs a million. Anyway. Right. Um, well, when I did my film studies in art and film, mm. uh, one of the guys that came was a guy who strictly did car commercials. Oh, wow. And he loved doing it because you can get that. It, he goes, I get that tired. It just glazes right over the camera. And that for me is marvelous. I mean, you can make a movie full yeah. feature film. But for me to get that shot, 
that's worth it. And I get I get the other aspects of filmmaking. Yes. Other people love to get the shot of, you know, of you know, like Oreo cookie or the you mm. know that and that's makes their day, but a lot of people just want to do it as telling a story. But and that's that's what I like about like the directing profession. There's yeah. just so many different like there's so many styles. Like you'd be a music video director, right? Sure. You can be a commercial director, you can be a live T V director, you can direct Life, uh, anything that's on television, I think there's something somebody has to be in charge as a director, like yeah, uh, directing a live, uh, like a live show, like the Emmys or a live sports event. It's like they're all different forms of directioning. I mean, they all have their own discipline, yeah, they all have multiple cameras, exactly. and ca- cameras and angles to work with, and they all like different things, like a narrative, obviously, in documentary. You could see it's just a total vastness in directing, and it's more like for me, it's not like competing with anybody else, it's more like uh camar- camaraderie because you can share war stories of like of like the best times you've had on set and the shit times that you had on set right it doesn't go smooth every day exactly yeah and then doing all of that uh like i said i finally got for what was it like four years ago i finally got back in the narrative didn't this small little like it was just a stupid little horror story to, uh, called cal okay. and cal the clown and that one got on uh i did that one just out of a rush we just I I met a guy named Sean O'Connell uh, out of Aberdeen, South Dakota, who ha- owns his own um, production company. He had a red camera, and he said, hey, I'd drive down there. Let's just make something. And we made this short little film about this little clown that gets delivered to this uh, girl, this woman in the house, and it starts stalking her. <laughs> it does look it – in- it does sound interesting. I did, and, I did, yeah. And that one ended up going on to, like, Crypt TV. It's like – I think it was a – it's Eli Roth and I think maybe Blumhouse – has something to do with it. Okay. And they, and it got over, it's like to this day, it got released on their channel and it's got 2.1 million views. And that's when I started getting back into like uh, narratives. And I was yeah. like, you know what? Um, the commercial world taught me how to deal with budgets and everything I learned. Like it, all these locations and all the stuff that I've learned in my in my career, yeah. it helped me. Like it's, I said, I learned from the bottom up, starting from like being a PA all the way up to learning how to be a director. So I learned every, like, who was it that another director that I uh, really like is David Fincher. Yeah. He says, if you know every single position, every everything on set, or at least know of it or technical aspect of it, you can't get bamboozled. Like if somebody says, oh, I can't do that. Yeah, there's a possible we can do that, but we can do it in a different way. Sure. And then you just learn and you adapt. It helps you be a quick thinker on your feet in case of, oh, I can't, if, we, if something goes wrong on set or you have to improvise, yeah. it's a lot, you can improvise quicker and you don't lose time and money. Yeah. Do you edit your own, the commercials too? Uh, commercials, yes. I, I usually like, I'm to the point now where I like to defer to other more talented people because I know my limits and I know. I'm best now, like as in a pure thing. I I know I'm a better director than either editor or anything else. Yeah. But because um, I just love directing. Um. But I and I lost. But the other thing about being like loving directing is that you get to work with all these talented people. Like sure. great editors are just insanely talented. Great cinematographers that are insanely talented. Great set designers. All these people that you just respect, and you hire them based off of what they've done and. Uh, recommendations from other people and just working with those type of people just inspires you every single day be like these guys are like you know they bring their a game every single day and then you're just like you just feel like proud that what you get to work you get to be in an environment where you get to work with these very talented people is it almost kind of sad that you're done and everybody goes home is it almost almost gets like that yeah after doing something and working really hard eventually it's like all right we're done 
yeah it feels like when you go through i call it the shit <laughs> through that, um you do you, you become like a family with the actors with the yeah. pas with everything it's you just become like a one tight unit you, you help everybody out like it's like i i'm to the point where, where like i still like you still move lights and do everything to help everybody out i'm not just like sitting in my freaking chair or sitting in a trailer doing something no i actually yeah. want to get down there and help these people and sometimes like if if i'm having trouble with like a scene or something then i'll defer, in terms of how to shoot something i defer to my director of photography and be like you remember this is what we talked about what do you think could bring this best up because this ain't working he's like oh and then he brings ideas and like and like i said working with these talented people yeah. you trust them and you trust their eye they know the narrative they'll come up with something that was probably even better than what you thought of do you uh do you write the right to short films ever did you do um uh that's uh my writing partner uh he's one of my best buds and okay. uh his name is vince Fromini. he's from sioux falls south dakota and he's an awesome writer i met him uh working at uh, a news tv station yeah. uh, the one that i got laid off my very first job after the recession well he met me um there he was a tv news producer and i was just some punk videographer or whatever for a <laughs> and Sorry. i showed him that that detour move and he loved mm -hmm. it and it's like dude it's like that's what i want to do and um and he showed me some scripts and I loved them. Uh, he showed me this one uh, script that was very similar to like, I don't know if you ever saw a movie from like, it's a Peter Fonda movie from like the uh, 70s or 60s called Race Race with the Devil. Yeah, well, they were obsessed with cars. Right? Oh yeah. yeah. That movie is basically about this, these people that um, take a vacation and they take the wrong turn somewhere and then they find out that they're, this whole like county is a cult that right. goes yeah. with the devil and they get it and they find out they see a sacrifice and they try to get out and it's a really creepy movie it's really good for its time and that sounds today. ultra 70s though it's really good cult and cars <laughs> yes and taking the wrong way and yeah i i totally recommend it. if you guys haven't seen it i totally recommend it and um i i read that script and it totally reminded me of it and i told him have you seen this one i was like no i haven't it's like oh wow um you got talent i get all the stuff that you see i could see it like i can visualize it like i can see a script like in my mind I can read a script and, you know, with all this, all of my experience and everything yeah. that I've gone through with the technical aspects, knowing what can and can't be done with what certain, I had to be a producer at that time. So I knew what, what I could hire, what equipment could do what, and in the back of my mind, okay, we can do this, but we got to cut this, this, this out, but we can keep the essence of the story. So I could, I can visualize a script yeah, and I can tell you right away, oh, this is going to cost a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, this is going to cost $50,000. Oh, this is going to cost five hundred thousand dollars just depending on what we can and cannot use how many right. people in there how many locations blah 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 all the, all the stuff that nobody really cares about <laughs> but you got to plan it out before you oh, yeah. start filming you got to figure this out before mm -hmm. you go and i read that and he said oh yeah let's just keep working together and then me and him did some short story uh just i did he wrote some stuff for me for my college thesis classes like okay. uh, a couple short films i got a's on them we stayed friends after even after i got laid off and moved away and then uh, I moved to Sioux Falls, and then we just collaborated on a bunch of stuff. I mean, we kept watching movies and you know hanging out all the time. And he's a very talented writer. And what I do is basically I can I love coming up with the stories. It's kind of like Christopher Nolan. That guy never writes, or Steven Spielberg. They come yeah. up with the story. Yeah. But they that they know they have somebody that better than them write. to write it. I think yeah. I think like Nolan and Spielberg are very good storytellers. Exactly. But they just can't write the story. Exactly. <laughs> right? And when they try, you're like you overthink it. And I know that's what yeah. I do. If yep. I, I would overthink the dialogue. Uh, like I could see my, I could, like I think, when was it? A couple, maybe two years ago, I, yeah. I, I wrote a script and then I compared it and I sent it to him and he told me, he gave me notes. And I said, okay, 
send me that one script that we did in college. And then I, I looked at it and I side by side and I was like, holy crap, yours has all the beats. It has all like the visual sense. When did yeah. when to cut back to somebody and when to go back? Like you can visualize it. While mine's just really shitty and just all dialogue. It's like, <laughs> I'm not Quentin Tarantino. I'm not. You just yeah, you're not Tarantino. You're not Aaron Sorkin. Just mm. spill it all out there, right? Like, yeah. My, I was like, okay, I'll think I'll just stick yeah. with what I'm good at. I always ask people when they like writing and directing about dialogue because I think it's actually one of the most difficult things because it is a very strong volley, right? It's almost mm, like wait. playing volleyball. When's a good time for him? To, and has, exactly. And it has to sound natural. You're not just have waiting for you to spit your line out, but it's exactly. something. It's it's. A, I think it's a hard skill that to master or even if you can't really consider your master you just got to keep working at it dialogue stuff oh yeah. yeah i mean i totally like if you haven't been to an acting class or don't know any actors go befriend them go to yeah. acting classes know the differences between theater acting you know like acting you know for the yeah. cheap seats <laughs> because they're they have to exactly. you have to make sure everybody in the theater knows that exactly well that's not certainly a movie the movie you can be you had to be you got to turn that down you got to be basically yeah. monotone and i've worked i was able i mean you can't really you have to be patient with actors that are coming down from that because you can see the their their skill and their talent on stage yeah. and then when you switch them over to do that you guys just tell them tone everything down just yeah. be subtle just how you basically tell them just calm every, just flip it on its head you basically got to uh some actors get it like right off the bat and they're marvelous at like turning that off and just being yeah. the character and being believable and then there's just something you just got to really work with i mean i had to have i had to do that a couple of times where i had to work with uh, stage actors and it just it was they it, it, the light would click on like halfway through they'd be like oh and when they start seeing themselves the dailies they'd right. be like oh that's what i'm supposed to be doing I, it's not acting i'm not projecting i'm just i'm projecting to just i would always tell them you're just projecting to me, just one person. Like I'm the you're trying to nice, yeah, in a like conversation. Just me and you. That's it. There's nobody yeah. else. There's no crew. It's just me and you. And then that would like, they would like get that. And then I've seen them become really, really good. Like uh, you know, even on commercials, they're more natural. I've seen them like evolve. And that's like really, that's what I really like about seeing, like you say, with talented people, like seeing them evolve, get better. Like when you watch a director or an actor from their early stuff right. to their new stuff, you just love seeing that evolution. You know they had the talent, but then they just get more technically skilled at their at the craft. I kind of because my first book's coming out, my first comic book, mm. and I think it's very obvious from the first chapter to the third one that I'm getting better. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's my first one ever. And I, I think it was you get your first time doing anything, you're really nervous. Yes, and you de and it's the first time you don't really know all the aspects. But I think by the third chapter, I finally said who. Well, they, they always say we get your voice right. You find yes. out. What kind of style you are? Yeah, yeah. You you basically you you get uh, or like you could say you get your mojo. You figure yeah, it out. Yeah, standard comedians say you get your voice of who mm -hmm. you are, what personality you're on stage, and and I like artists say you get to style down where it becomes comfortable. It doesn't seem like it's stressful work at all. Yeah, there's some people that are just like naturally they can have that. They have that charisma and they just right. can pull that off. And then there's just some that they have the talent. It's just they had to learn. I mean, you can't. It's basically there's there's a saying. I don't I don't want to quote anybody, but you can't teach talent. You can teach the technical aspect, but you can't if you're talented oh, yeah. at something and you're re really you know you are. Yeah. You're not just delusioning yourself, but if you really can, you know, put pen to paper or show something, just show something instead of just talking about it. Uh, you can't teach that to anybody. I mean, you, you yeah. can't. You just can't. That's just talent is 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 innate. It's in your 
it's in your you know your genes to do it right i mean i all my life nobody told me you nobody told me oh man you can draw i just knew i could exactly and i could present to people and people like oh that's good I knew like nobody had to. I know I didn't have, didn't have to learn it. Obviously, mm -hmm. I work on it and stuff exactly. like that. It doesn't mean I just go from talent. I work on it all the time, different and challenge myself. But yeah, nobody ever told me, you, "You kid, you draw." I just knew I could. And like in a lot of aspects of life, people just can do stuff. Yeah, and you're probably sure. your or own worst critic. You're like, I know I could have done this a little bit better. Yeah. Um, next time, I know I can get better at this. Like you said, you yeah. you push yourself. You never. You never. Oh, this is perfect. You're like, I could have done this better, but I know in the next one I could do better. Yeah. Can you watch your own movies after? Yeah, I, I can watch. I'm like one of those. <laughs> I don't like to. Like I said, I don't want to like make enemies just right off the first. <laughs> like that. that <laughs> it's like I'm not pretend. What is what's yeah. that word? Pretentious. Pretentious uh, yeah. No, I'm not like that. I'm just like. That's what I was like. I, I usually see my DVD collection and stuff. It's like I could see the good in everything, yeah. and I could see the bad in everything, and. I have to watch my own stuff, like, but I want to watch it with like other people, and I want to see the reactions. I like seeing sure. honest reactions, people that don't know any technical or not in the business. I want to see what they feel about it. And I've had when I sent in my short films to like all these uh, horror magazines. I mean, uh, you get obviously half and half. You see, like half of the people would be like, "Oh, this is cool. This is really something that's neat. I could like to see this as a feature film." Other people just bash the shit out of it, <laughs> and then you're just like. And yeah. you just got to take the good with the bad, and they, yeah. and sometimes in the in the in the bad and in the negatives, you can see what they were trying to say. They're just not really good at, like, articulating it. Yeah, I think everybody's got a podcast or a blog. Exactly. They're an ex, at, yeah, they think oh. they're an expert, but it's just it's, it's just opinion. their opinion, right? Exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. And if you can learn from anything from that opinion, it's just basically, obviously, a you're gonna have to grow a th uh, thick skin, and then b. Maybe they had. Maybe they were writing some certain, you know, technical aspects or a uh, beat here or there and that. Like they can pick something out. But if it's like you can tell when somebody's trolling you, and right, it's very obvious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. First of all, they all leave you alone. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they just keep antagonizing you, <laughs> and they won't stop. Uh, so I know you said early on you like comics, and I just obviously love comics. Did you do any storyboarding with any of your works? Yes, I storyboard, but like uh, the funny thing is that I've seen like when I, I I do remember when I was getting into this, I would I bought that Alien Quadrilogy, whatever, that okay. all the behind the scenes, every single Aliens movie. Yeah, know, yeah, the, the whole scenes. package deal, uh -huh. right? Yeah. I saw the Alien. Uh, I saw that, uh, and then at, that's when I started studying directors, and I studied Ridley Scott, and then I saw the guy. I saw his uh, storyboards. I was like, holy shit, the guy could be a freaking comic book illustrator. Yeah, it's impressive, isn't it? And I was like, oh, man, I can't draw like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw another director, and he was like, fuck, I, I just draw stick figures. As long as they know A and B and cameras here, they get it. They just And I was like, oh, okay. So what I would do is I would draw, I would draw like, I try to be a little bit better than stick figures. I try to, you know, draw a head, a little Let's bit of look, hair. Yeah, the, the, this and is then, me with my mustache. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and then I would just be like, just show basically the position or like, you know, over the shoulder, be this guy talking here. Yeah. And I only storyboard like certain specific shots. And if it's kind of, I think it's like if it's complicated to explain. Exactly. And everybody's visual minded, mm -hmm. might as well just draw it out. And this is the Oh, yeah. And then that's yeah. why I was like, for the life of me, sometimes it's like anytime I can, I jump at a storyboard artist. I was like, like I said, heck, I might even like come to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sure. And be like, hey, Here's here's the here's a script. Yeah. Uh, let's sit down. What do you think are the most complicated shots? What do you think would be cool? 
and then we'd sit down we just collaborate and find the best what do you think this shot and it's like this is yeah. i think we get we're gonna have this we have a shot and then because it's some some directors like having the total control they have to like you know right get kubrick these, yeah, yeah. dictate every single freaking thing all the way down to like what everybody's eating that day and i'm like i'm not like that i'm more <laughs> like i like like you said i seek out other talented people yeah and then the, they can bring their own you know their own thing to it because i know some directors are like i don't like storyboard artists because it's like it's they're drawing the movie up here like no it's not it's like you're like the captain of the ship you're just making sure you don't freaking crash into a freaking i don't know if this is too soon but iceberg (laughs) (laughs) but you're just trying not to freaking hit land or anything you're just guiding everybody to the same location that's what you got you're like your first officer you got yeah you got your crew you got everybody then you know they're all talented i like that yeah i never heard that analogy before but i kind of like yeah making sure that it's the best experience ever and you you may be like you said if something goes wrong everything goes it's your freaking fault but if everything goes right Right. then you're the everybody everybody wins right yeah um do you ever try writing Mm. by yourself Yes, I can write stories, like short stories. Yeah, I like know. We, I, yeah, we've gone back before, yeah, but I can write stories. Like I can, I can they make the beginning, middle, end, and I can make the characters. Right. But like actually fleshing them out and giving them dialogue, uh, I, I leave that to the pros, <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> okay, well, we gotta take a little break, and we'll be back. And I'm gonna have to ask Carlo, uh, what is it about horror movies that you really like? He's the critic. He's the comic. And that's the gimmick. It's the Dare Daniel podcast, where film critic Daniel Barnes and comedian Cork McDonald do your dirty work by watching the worst movies imaginable. Know of a movie so bad you have to share it? A film with a bad rap you've always been curious about? An underrated bit of cinema you'd love to hear discussed? Or are you a great big fat person? Whatever the case, we happily accept your most sadistic or altruistic dares. Every Tuesday, we release a full-length episode of Cinematic Stunt Work. And every Thursday, an action-packed mini-episode featuring previews, general movie discussion, and your movie dares, plus beer. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, our website, daredanu.com, and anywhere fine podcasts are burnished and proffered. And make sure to check out our sister pod, Serious Talk Seriously and Graphic Novel Explorers Club, for more quality Sacramento podcasts. Is that kind of like the real the genre that you really gravitate to, or do you kind of like other genres of films? Um, I've worked, um, you know, doing so many things. I, I obviously we I did horror because I really liked horror films. Obviously, growing yeah. up watching all those Jason and uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, um, Halloween and all the, and Hellraiser movies. Yeah, I I was gravitated to horror, and then when I started doing films with Johnny obviously they were like we did music videos we did comedies we did everything but I always kept going back to horror because I just for some reason I just liked it yeah and I gravitated towards it and like I said every single short film I did from like when I was you know in high school all the way in college until coming back to it with Cal um I just got 
I, I saw myself getting better at how to yeah. do it. And then watching all the, and then that's when like that, what is it between 2000 and 2010 when the boom of behind the scenes DVD featurettes yeah. and then uh, director's commentaries, you learn from them. Okay, this is how I did this. This is how you do this, blah, blah, blah. So it was basically my film school watching all these directors, not only, not only just horror directors, but like directors in general, like the big directors like Steven Spielberg and all that. Yeah. Um, I learned, oh, if I learn, if like I said, learn, learn these things and then um, execute them. And then after that long layoff between, I think it was this, I think I made this movie called Zombie Blues or whatever. It was like a horror comedy. It was pretty bad. <laughs> and this is like. It's a tough trick to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it was just, it, it was just, it, I can't remember why I made it. I think it was for Johnny. It was for this contest, but it ended up playing at some film, film festivals as well. But yeah. I think it, it was a boy band. And after the show, they got, they were trapped inside a bathroom. <laughs> with zombies all like trying to kill them like all their fans were zombies or whatever <laughs> it was pretty cheesy it was pretty it's it's really bad but either way i saw myself okay started getting better at it um but i was like you know what i'll, I'll stick more to like the pure horror of it yeah or like uh or different like sub genres of it like there's uh the serial killer there's the slasher there's yes the gore there's um creature feature there's so many like sub genres on there and I uh, decided, okay, you know, I'll just stay in this realm, or even sci-fi horror, or sci-fi thriller, or yeah. action horror, like Dog Soldiers, which is an action horror film. Very much so, yes. And The yeah. Descent, which is like a, what is it? You could say it's a creature feature thriller. Like you say, you could. It's right. just a subgenre that you can always get better. And I just loved it. Like you can, and then you saw Shaun of the Dead, so an action, a very well, one of the fair, very well executed uh, com uh, horror comedies. Probably one of the yeah, best horror comedies. I mean, I can watch Edgar Wright's, what is it, the Coronado trilogy. I could watch those back-to-back -back every single day, and I would not get tired of it. I mean, his movies, what is it, Shaun of the Dead, uh, Hot Fuzz, and then uh, End of the World. Yeah, and Baby those Driver. Were, they're all busy. Yeah, they're all, they're, they're like master crap. You watch those movies, and you see, it's like, this guy's a, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> and then you right. watch his TV show that he did, Spaced. You see, that's that's where that was his film school. You could see a lot of rough edges, but you could see right. his technique and his comedy, everything getting properly chiseled as he's doing that show. And if you're a fan of space, you'll even get a chuckle out of Shaun of the Dead, the two groups. Oh yeah, because <laughs> right? yeah. it's like basically yeah. it's them. Yeah, <laughs> and when you, they meet. Yeah, the, the, I love the gimmick of Shaun of the Dead is how they're able to manage to keep surviving when they keep screwing up. Yeah, right. I mean, they meet the other group that's obviously know what they're doing. They're very mm -hmm. efficient, and mm -hmm. she's leading it. They have no. And then at the end, it's just her survives. Like, no, nope, no, they're all dead. It's just me. <laughs> it's like, wow. And wasn't that like? It was it was. I don't know if it was. Either way, it was like. I think it was. She was supposed to be like him, right? Yep. And they were like friends, or they dated before, or whatever. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It, that's what I liked about it. I don't know. If, like, I gotta look back, but I thought. I think that was Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman was one of them, yes. Yeah, he was. He, he his cameo was in that. <laughs> yeah. Did you know Peter Jackson has a camp a quick, super fast cameo in Hot Fuzz? Um, I know Kate Blanchett did. I didn't know. He's uh, in the you know in the beginning montage of him like uh, rising through the ranks and you know doing like you know tactical team and at the end he, he got he got a medal of whatever after he got a ta his arm got it he got stabbed by Father Christmas. Yes, that's. Peter Jackson. Oh, really? If you like, you pause really? it and you look at the, you look at the screen and you pause it and you look at the eyes and you see the like the brown eyebrows. Oh, it's Peter Jackson. I have to look now again. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's I, I I'm aware of Edgar 
put stinks in movies. That's why yeah. I went to see Baby Driver. I was just trying to see the background and every little thing he puts in there to make sure I was paying attention. He's good at creating characters at like you mm-hmm. you like and you dislike like right off the bat like like almost even from like even the TV shows he he, he yeah. sets up like uh, the lovable uh, what is a protagonist but who has a flaw like you see that in Scott right primarily Pilgrim. like Shaun of the Dead Hot Fuzz and uh, Baby Driver they're really good but, but they have they, a flaw they have a big big flaw yeah or even in uh, what is it is in yeah end of the world obviously he's a drunk he yeah. just wants to relive the college let's, the let's do the whole round the world tour before mm. we, yeah yeah do you when you do movies do you mostly concentrate characters before the story you want to get a character out i mean i'm with shorts it's different yeah. like when i writing we have a couple me and vince have a couple uh projects we when we're writing stories that's when i really do delve deep into like making sure that we create and write dialogue and write scenes quick scenes that we can't yeah. like obviously with independent film you want to get in and get out right away you can't just like do a character piece if not people get right. bored um, but you gotta balance the you know the artistry with the commercial aspect of it. So what we do is on our feature film scripts, we balance that out. We get character development; they're not just tropes. Yeah. But you get to like these. We can make sure you like these people before they start dying. Now in my short films, we just think of them like you know like little nuggets of like uh, of like candy or like you know like little gold nuggets that you can watch them like in short aspects. You can get the characters right off the bat with the dialogue right in the beginning. You get a short sense of oh this could be a bigger story, but it's just a sh- to think of them as short scenes from a feature film. They just yeah. draw you in. Uh, you know obviously you can't be like it's they're not deep characters because you can only do so much no, in five minutes. No, what I really like about Killer Date is you know one of them is going to be, and so the beginning mm-hmm. is like which one you try to mm-hmm. through listening which one is going to be the you know which one is going to be and maybe exactly. you're right maybe you're wrong exactly <laughs> right. Um, was it the throwaways with the, the sisters? Yes. Yeah. And that's not so much your horror movie, but that's your latest one, right? Yeah, that one, um, I was hired as a director, and I brought in Vince as a, uh, as a co-writer uh, to, to rewrite the script in terms of the sense of t- our sensibilities, yeah. in terms of like a realistic uh, dialogue and then beats to hit. And that was my first foray into action comedy. Yeah, it's very much action comedy. And that one, yeah. I got into sense. I got to work with the actors on that one. And that one, I got obviously Des. She's like my muse. She like she's a, she's a true comedian. I mean, comedian, uh, chameleon. She yeah. can adapt to the roles that I that I write for her. Like I can think of one is one uh, like any role and be like, okay, she can fit this character right off the bat because she has this sensibility. And she has this likability okay. in her. Yeah. And she and I get to work, talk to her on their characters and how to build them, and then I give them references. Okay, this is how you feel like, and you basically give them inspiration, and then let them run with it. Let the let let them become one with the character. Let them add, improvise here and there. Obviously, you have to shoot things down that you think is a little too much or a little, or yeah. you got it. You, if you think something's missing, they can bring something else to it. It's just working with it's like collaboration, right? And that's what's key with actors. So with throwaway, I think you went like two sets. You had a in the car and then in the building. Oh, we had a couple. We had the hotel okay. room. We had the garage, shower, park right? garage, and then the house, and then the shower, and then yeah. a big showdown in the warehouse. Okay, so you had multiple yes. places. Oh yeah. And then was that? Did you know a ride half? You had to go multiple places, or this yes, kind of, yep. Okay. And no, there, it's all in ones that we shot over two and a half days in Everdeen, South Dakota. Obviously, being in a small town, you can find. 
uh, a lot of places for free, <laughs> a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of cool places for free. Yeah. And um, and we were able to, like to have free reign there and just get like the exact places that we know could obviously fit fit the the camera crew and everything in there and just look cinematic. Do you worry about music in the movies? Yes, I am a stickler on music because. Ever uh, I remember even with my old short films, I used to do yeah. the John Carpenter thing. Like I, I can do like what was it? What was that program that was on Apple a while ago? Back when in the old Macs, the Mac Pros. What was it? Uh, GarageBand. Sure. I could play yeah. the synth on there and just go by my ear, and then just like lay a track down, like yeah, one layer, and then go back and add another layer. Yeah. And then, right. Okay, I gotta add this layer. So I would always go by ear. So I'd do like the John Carpenter synth scores when I. This is before I started doing any with big crews um but then now i work with one of my buddies that i met through um another job doing uh, uh tv commercial work okay his name is casey olson he's based over there in uh hudson uh wisconsin and he does a lot of tv uh, a lot of commercial work and lots of um documentary stuff yeah. and he's an awesome he's like he's he's a musician by trade he was in a band a touring band I was kind of like a Mumford at some type of band, but he's yeah. that guy can play almost any instrument. Um, he can play like the cello, he can play violin, he can play the guitar, he can play keyboards, he can play almost any single thing he can play. And what he does is, I give him influences, and yeah. he, he goes off and experiments, and he comes back with me. Like I give him the script, I give him the scores that I want similar to, and then he goes off and creates them, and he comes back and he sends them back to me. Like I think I need more of this, so he'll go into his like a recording studio and like oh, I think I'm gonna add a a violin in this little section right here and he, he just goes in there and just starts playing the violin right it's like imagine the violin right here it's like and that's when i'm like i just get i get inspired by him because he just gets so like into like loving his work that he, he just wants to make things a lot better and that's what like i said goes back to me uh i love collaborating with other really talented people that bring bring their a game to everything yeah because it makes you want to level up exactly do you think visually first and musically, or because I asked Jay this when Jay when he was on here, mm -hmm. he, he he didn't think about it at first. But do you think musically first before you do movies, or you think of it as you're doing it? I think I do it as I'm doing uh, as as I'm at the scene. That's when I start to think, okay, this has to be just the way it went. I had to see it. Okay, yeah. Or I have yeah. to read it, and I could then I could start seeing what it is because I can't just like listen to I, or I could listen to music's. It's like the, it's kind of weird for me. Like I can read, like I said, I could read a, a novel, and I can see it in my head, right, and then afterwards, right. that's when I'll start adding like music to it. But if I, if I, I could listen to music, and then I can make a music video off of that, going backwards. So it's basically, it's it's either or. It's either I listen to the music, and then I can come up with a concept with it. Because yep. I did some uh, <laughs> a little tidbit too that you guys are gonna. Uh, I I'm not gonna share my YouTube page on this. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I did right. over. I did over like. Yeah. Wow, how many music videos? I think seventy music videos. Okay, I did like twenty five of them were free, and I, I had free reign with them to the like, variety of artists. I did rock bands, I did um, rap, mostly uh, like hip hop rap, right. but I also did you know, obviously like rock bands and some country guys, and I did their music videos, and that's the same thing too. They would give me a track, and hey, what do you think? What do what do you think about the song? So I listened to. I really, I'd listen to uh, the lyrics and then to the beat of the music, and then I'd come up with the concept, and I'd, we'd go off and shoot. So the so you listen to, then you get your for yep. a music video. Yep. Kind of making sure it all exactly like I would listen together. to the song yeah. and be like, this is what I think the, the song is, and they really like the idea. I'd come up with a cheap concept that we could create with their connections. Obviously, yeah. they'd pay me 
and I would charge a pretty penny for them but with my own equipment because I'd be editor, shooter, and everything. Yeah. But I would hire, sometimes I would hire, uh, uh, you know, like a grip and gaffer just to light the thing, just to make it look right. And then we would just go off and go shoot, just me and three other people. How long and, does it take kind of do a music video? Oh, it just depends on how. We did these like with when like the Canons first came out, like it was 5Ds came out. Yep. Yeah. That's <laughs> When those came out, you could do a lot of low light and you could do a lot of natural stuff just depending on the glass you had on the camera. So you could go off and go rent or borrow like old glass and adapters. And we could go off and make something like some boring area look like magnificent just using a bounce card and everything. So turn on time, depending on how many days you would shoot, how much footage you had, how long the song was. I could turn one around in less than two weeks. Okay. All right. It's super easy. Yeah. Yeah. Principal it was, yeah, we weren't using cranes or anything like that, so it was like super <laughs> easy to, you know, I I shoot yeah. that area three different angles. All right, onto yeah. the next spot, three different angles, onto the next spot, and then that'd be one day, and then the next day would be the narrative side if there's a narrative part to it. Oh, nice, yeah, I got, okay. You'd just all separate right. them, and then you'd intercut them all because okay, I got a shot of him singing on the side, then I got a shot of a wide shot of him in, in like wherever the person wherever they're at, and then I could interject the story in there. So it was like quick. Like I said, I had a little business of just. I could come up with a quick. I would know how to feasibly do a quick music video for somebody in two weeks. Sure, sure. Do you do any? Do you do any musicians? Do you do? You not have, anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> no. But I'm have, officially retired from music videos as of. <laughs> not music videos, but do you actually play a, a instrument? Uh no. Other than uh, other than uh, Spotify. The gr- yeah, the the Garage Band synthesizer <laughs> on there. That's and I just laying yeah. one track at a time. That's all I can do. Okay. <laughs> so you never really were interested in picking up an instrument and learning. I always did. Like going back to La Bamba, I wanted to learn the guitar. Yeah, that's the reason I was going to ask. And you do music videos. I was wondering. And I wish I would have stayed with it. I tried it. And I paid the piano. I had lessons. And then I yeah. stayed with it until like I was 10. Then I just forgot it because I got into sports. And I'm, I'm a big yeah. soccer player. And then I played, ran track, played football. Then I just forgot all of that. And another one of my regrets is like one of my uncles – or a couple of my uncles can play guitar and yeah. decently talented. I, my mom would tell them to come and, uh, you know, go play, but I was always off playing sports. So that's one <laughs> of my regrets is I wish I would have sacrificed some of that stuff so I could have learned to play the guitar. That's one of my main regrets is I wish I could have played the guitar. <laughs> that's, that's unique. I mean, I, I learned drums late. I, I used to be in a band. I learned mm-hmm. drums late. And the reason why I picked up drums is because it was with my friend Nick. And mm-hmm. uh, he's like, I think you can play drums. I go, why is that? Because, well, you're playing with the radio. You're trying to stick shift and you're smoking at the same time. You're doing four different things. I think you can do the drums. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, so do you have your, um, you have like a little workshop at your house to do all this stuff? Or usually like editing and filming, you have like a little workshop at your house to do? Oh, no. Like bring mostly... in auditions or something like that? Oh, yeah just do Skype auditions and just basically like in terms of like that, I just work with the producers. I have a producer. Um, his name is Zeke. Yeah. And he helps me out with a lot of the short films. Uh, we actually, like I said, I've had two short films canceled this year because a, because of scheduling conflicts and crew conflicts and it's nobody's fault. It's just one of those times where we have this certain amount of budget. And I, one of my, one of my biggest things is I want, I always want to have, it's like happy crew. I mean, you know, happy, happy, uh, happy wife, happy life. And same yeah, thing well, with happy me. crew, like, then everybody, yeah. Everything, yeah. Every, they'll, they'll, do, they'll go the extra mile for you. And, like, if I know I couldn't bring that to them, like, I'd say it was going to stress them out. We were going to lose a day or half a day, or we were not going to have this much money to pay them this. Then I'm like, you know what, I'll just cancel it. Okay. Because I've had two uh, short films uh, cancel, one in the beginning of the summer and one 
just recently that I had to cancel with some people that I really want to work with. One was a the body snatcher slash the faculty type movie, and the other yeah. one was a vampire movie. And uh, both those two fell th- fell through because uh, obviously, like uh, just timing and schedule, I think would just would fall apart at the last minute, like within like a month. I always made sure like the month is a cutoff. If I see it not rolling up, then I tell everybody, hey. That's why when they sometimes they would call me and tell me, hey, I, I might have this thing right after work. I'd be like, don't cancel it because it's like I've been a producer in, in, in instances and stuff. Don't ever cancel it. Don't not for us. Yeah. If it if it's writing it to what that take the paying gig that pays you more and that pays your bills. Don't. This is art, like what we're doing in terms of like short film. Yes, yeah, right now this is yeah. I, it's, yeah. It's a short film. Don't don't lose your livelihood for this. <laughs> like <laughs> a, unless we're like on a, on a set and it's a feature film. Then yes, then yeah, I can uh, I can honestly tell you, say, yeah, you stay with us because yeah, it's gonna go, it's it's a go, but not like not a short film. That's right. when I tell my crew, like you know what, don't cancel that, and I always give you a month ahead of time in case something because there's been I've heard some horror stories of like two days before or a week before, and then they had to turn down work, like good paying jobs, like actors, actresses, uh, special effects, DPs, losing like you know potential like thousands of dollars because it's not like always consistent right yeah and they would lose that and i'm always like i'm always like yo if this ain't happening between a, a month from now we don't got everything now okay uh-uh okay we're canceling it right now and i would tell my producer that i remember an episode of jeopardy where a contestant left the show she won and she's supposed to come back but mm-hmm. alex is like she left because she won her orchestra conditka audition so <laughs> she's like, she she auditioned for the orchestra. Oh, I, I can't remember it was like Boston or New York. Mm-hmm. And she won it, so she's not gonna. She's say- not gonna come back. I mean, exactly. It's like you can't. It's like when I. It's like no, no. You signed a contract. You got to come back and compete in Jeopardy. He's like, no, no I got to. Uh, what are you talking about? I got to go back to Jeopardy. Yeah. So she. <laughs> it's just like no. It's like we get. It's to yeah. get you signed right here. You can't leave. <laughs> right. Well, Carlos, we're almost out of time here, man. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks for having me. Yeah. That's, um, yeah, definitely the next time you get the short films out, you have to come back and talk about them. Yeah, yeah. Like like I said, I'll, I'll, I'll for sure, like I said, with the, we're recap, now we're jumping on to the next short film, which uh, will potentially be, I don't know, spoiler, uh, uh, a prologue to the feature film. Okay. Nice. Basically, right. it'll be a prologue of like just like, or we could probably even say, I want to make it to the point where we could include it in the feature film because it'll be right. the same quality. Um, well, it's a nice thing to show people. Exactly. This is what the this is kind of like a demo for exactly. for music. This is what it's going to look like. Yeah. And I have a couple shout outs. Uh, Ryan Shadley, he's uh, he's an awesome dude. <laughs> he's, he does all my he does all the effects for all my movies and. He's done obviously movies that are on Netflix and everything, and he's based out of. Have you you know who he is, right? He, yeah. he works. He has an outpost. Was it fifty one forty forty? I'm not gonna butcher. He's gonna kick my ass for virtuing <laughs> it. But just think, whatever the outpost and the thing is, it's that's that's the name of his company. <laughs> All right. Well, Carlos, as always, I always give the guest um, this last question. I, I used to say, "What was your favorite movie?" And that gets hung, people get hung up on that. There's just too many, especially when we love movies. There's just too mm-hmm. many. But is there a movie that you, it's on your mind right now to like people to know about, other than Dog Soldiers? No, other than Dog Soldiers, <laughs> um, right now, um, there's just like like I say, it's just I can I, I'll I'll give you. So it's like I know this is kind of a cheat, but I can give you like a couple that are off my bat uh, off yeah. the top of my head. Sure. One that's always there is all. It's obviously is uh, for me. It's one of the top ones. Is the Lost Boys. 
Nice. nice. Yeah. One of my favorite films of all time. I could probably happily say I could watch that every day and I get bored of it. Yeah. Um, and another one would be. Because you thought, because when you watch it, you thought it was going to be really hokey. Yes. Right. And it does. It's not. Right? And it still stands up to the. T- I mean, you can obviously it's dated because it's the eighties. Like the right. guy playing the saxophone, obviously. <laughs> But like, there's other scenes you watch, and it's like, oh my god, this is this is, I it's like undoubtedly it's a pretty yeah. good cult film where it has great acting. It has obviously there's cheesy points to it, obviously because it's an '80s movie. But you thought it was to be overly like ridiculous, like like a silly. teen drama. Yeah, and it's not. And it's scary as shit. Once right. once not, the shit hits yeah. the fan, I mean, these vampires eating the shit out of people and like ripping right. their skulls off, and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> Yeah, thanks for mentioning Lost Boys. I gotta actually, that's nice. Yeah, I completely forgot. About you should it. watch the special edition um, Blu-ray. It has the like like a, uh, like a documentary on it with all like almost everybody, like Joel Schumacher, the director, the Hames. Um, I think it has Kiefer Sutherland in it. It might and Jason document. Patrick, all of them. Yeah, and it's it's an awesome documentary. It just gives you nostalgia for it. And it's like that's one movie that I know when I was a little kid that scared me, but I always loved watching it. Right, I could yeah. always go back to it. I just got some great night scenes to it. Oh, especially man, the that scene where the I think no other movie. What I love about it is that yeah. they, it's not cheesy. I think another reason it does it, it ages well because they don't show that cheesy high fly. Other even that that scene at the end where they're flying through the air trying to fight each other. Yeah. At the end, it, it still doesn't look shitty because it's quick. And then they get right. tactical. Yeah, it edited slice so you don't look like exactly. it's, it's, it's not like the cheesy. Matrix or anything. Exactly. Yeah. Or when they show, remember when they st- even in the in the. And the, through the whole movie, except for that last assault scene at the house, yeah. when you see the vampires, you don't see them. You just hear them, and you see through their vision. You hear that like weird bat noise. Right, right. And it's coming at them, and they're like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then it comes, it grabs them, rips them, puts them into the sky, and then you never see them. And like Your mind is like, holy shit, what the hell are they watching? Yeah, I love that. I love that. All right. Well, thanks again, Carlos. Oh, no problem. Thank and you. we definitely have to come back again. Listen, y'all.